0: Do I love my neighbor Do you love them? Can I feel his pain me?
1: Really Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Justice I am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out of control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with
0: Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose hello everyone my name is Rich Collenberg, and my name is Susan Collenberg. and welcome once again to freedom to choose in our new series parables and object lessons and uh, Susan before we get started you want to open the program with a word of prayer
2: yes Heavenly Father thank you once again for uh, the privilege we have to um, to talk about your word and the principles that you operate this universe on just uh, send your Holy Spirit to be with us and with everybody who's listening And we thank you in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. You know, and we're, of course, the the title is Parables and Object Lessons. We're talking about parables, metaphors, object lessons, things that that apply the physical world to the spiritual world. And Jesus was so exceptional at doing that. Um,
2: Well, it's, 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 he just knows exactly what the human heart needs to hear and to understand in order to bring about, about. Um, eternal infinity um, principles to to our you know to our human minds
0: yeah and and you know I don't think we actually realize how often those metaphors are actually used in the Bible because to me right now a light just came on right Mm -hmm. that's a metaphor right light just came on and 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 so Jesus says I am the way the truth and the light and 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 follow that you know all these metaphors the 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 living water and on and on and on and and so as we watch uh, Jesus's teachings as as we watch him teach and his kindness in the use of using nature and the metaphors I think it's just fascinating and I'm really excited about this this series that we're doing because just in studying these parables I'm just amazed at all the they're just packed with information
2: right you know. And the wonderful thing is, is that I've heard somebody say before that nobody ever had to consult a theologian after they heard Jesus speak, that his his words were um, plain and understandable, and anybody and everybody from, you know, from the top to the bottom of all humanity could understand his teachings because he, he, he was humble and direct, but it it, everything was just explained in a way that um, that we could understand. Yeah, you didn't
0: have to run home and, and dig out your dictionary with Jesus. Right. Everything was was laid out in 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 clear form. Right. You know. Uh, so we're going to continue on. We're we're actually in the parable of the sower. So let's continue on and 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 let's uh, Susan, would you read that that parable again, and then we'll we'll dig into it a little bit. Okay.
2: Christ said, "Behold, the sower went forth to sow and." As he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell upon thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some 100-fold, some 60-fold, some 30-fold.
0: Okay, excellent, excellent. And so let's look, let's break it down. Right, the first line, the sower went forth to sow. Now, if you place this in the situation that it was, in the East, in Christ's time, the state of affairs was like very unsettled. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of danger, there was a lot of violence, and so the people lived mainly in walled towns, and the men went to work every day outside the walls.
2: right. So they left a secure place in order to work in an unsafe environment.
0: Exactly. And in the same way, see, Christ, the heavenly sower, went forth to sow. He left his home of security, peace. He left the glory that he had with the Father before the world was. He he left his position upon the throne of the universe. He went out beyond the walls of heaven to sow the seed of life for a lost world.
2: That's right, and and just like him, we in like manner need to go out and sow. When called to become a sower of the seed of truth, Abraham was told um, in Genesis twelve one get get out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show you. And he went out, not knowing whether he whither he was going. That's Hebrews eleven eight.
0: Yeah, and and, and also remember the apostle Paul. When he was praying in the temple at Jerusalem, the message uh, from God came to him, Depart, for I will send thee far and h- far hence unto the Gentiles, Acts 22, 21.
2: Right. So those who are called to unite with Christ must leave all in order to follow him.
0: Okay, so what does that mean, must leave all? and And I think you and I, being recovering addicts, and I mean, because what does that mean for us, especially in addiction recovery? um, must leave all.
2: Well, when you're, when you're talking about addiction recovery, the, um, you know, you got to change your people, places, and things. That's one of the basic, uh, things that are taught, um, in recovery is that, um, basically you can't lay down with dogs and not get fleas. Right. And so you've got to disassociate from the environment and the people and the things that you're doing. That's that, that could cause you to go back to that lifestyle.
0: Monkey see, monkey do. Right. By beholding, we become changed. Right. All of those metaphors apply uh, to what we're talking about here.
2: Well, and I think too, when we um, when we do become Christians, we have to be willing to risk, you know, um, our comfortable way of life and be able to step outside of our comfort zone and willing to to um, you know to be the different people that a Christian is supposed to be. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I like, for for me, I always like to go back to the Garden of Eden. Don't go near the tree. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody knows where their tree is. I think everybody knows what they should and shouldn't do. And and you know, I know if. I know where my trees are and where I should not go. Right. Right. And so.
2: And well, and you know, sometimes we have, and, and so that's, that's kind of like at an extreme end, right. When you're talking about, you know, you shouldn't be going to a bar. You shouldn't be hanging out with drug dealers. But I know that as um, the longer I stay clean and sober, I've got to disassociate from people that have character traits that are like mine that are bad. uh So like if they're, if, um, I have learned, tried to learn throughout the years, is that um, gossiping is something that is um, a terrible trait to have. Yet I still had that really mm-hmm, strongly, mm-hmm. and I had to um, make a conscious effort to say, "I can't." I got to break up that association because it isn't the association that God would have me to do. Right. And then, and then you're healed, and then you know, it's it's a you you become a different person. Right. And so that doesn't, so those, you know, so associations are not just with drug addicts and alcohols. They're, they're with people who are, you know, were saved people, but yet, you know, it could be bad mouthing or judging people yeah, or other gossiping. attachments. There's you other bet. attachments, yeah. you know,
0: uh, yeah.
2: Just goes across the board. So old associations must be broken up, certain plans of life let go of, certain hopes may need to be surrendered and through sacrificed. The seed must be sown.
0: Okay, and so and of course the sower soweth the word. You know, Christ came to sow the word uh, with truth. Ever since the fall of man, Satan has been sowing the seeds of error. It was by a lie that the first uh, that, that Satan first gained control over men, and he still works to overthrow God's kingdom on earth and to bring men under his power.
2: That's right. So um remember the wheat and the tares. Who is who's the one who sowed yeah,
0: the weeds? Yeah, who sowed the weeds, right? The Bible says an enemy has done this. And and in you know in in olden times if you wanted to get revenge on your on, on another farmer or something, you'd go out in the middle of the night and you would sow tares into his field. Right. And, and then it would come up later on. And I think there's another parable. And it kind
2: of me. it ruins the crop, right? It ruins the
0: crop. Right. And, and there's another complete parable about that that we'll deal with on a future program. But this is what happens. The enemy... Comes in. Sows, in, sows the tares. Right. Right? Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, so you know, we can go back once again to, you know, what was the first lie? What was the first bad seed that was sown in the human heart?
0: You won't surely die. Right. In other words, you can live selfishly and it won't harm you or or the people around you. And and what happened? What was the result immediately after uh Adam did Adam believed that lie that you won't sure you won't die? What happened? Discord distance from god blame resulted immediately and the very next generation murder i think the underlying lie that has really infected the entire world is don't be afraid of sin which can kill you by the way be afraid of god who's going to nail you for it that's like be that for me that's like saying don't be afraid of pneumonia be afraid of the doctor who's treating you for it you know right and um Susan and I we've had some health challenges this year and uh, but I, I was just thinking of what happened uh, a, a little while ago I had a test done and it had a little blood in it and so they wanted to they wanted to run some more tests and uh, so I had to go in and I had to get scoped, right? And when I got scoped, you know what you do before you get scoped on a on a colonoscopy is you drink that, that I don't know what kind of liquid that is, but it's not a pleasant thing to do. You drink it the night before, you drink it the morning before, and then you go in and there's a whole lot of prep work done, and so. Um, but see, the, the 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 problem showed up when I took my first test, and that's mm-hmm. a voluntary test. Mm-hmm. Right, because you know, it comes kit. in the mail. Comes in the mail. Right. It's a voluntary test, so you take that test, and the next thing you know, they suggest something else. They suggest you know we need we need to scope you. Okay, that's voluntary too, right? Mm-hmm. So you drink the solution, you do the prep work, and that's actually the prep work's harder than the procedure for us, for me. And I remember thinking, you know, after after we had done all the prep work and everything, and I'm 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 on the I'm on the in the room there with the with the doctor and on the on doc- the day of the procedure on the day of the procedure, and the doctor's in the other room working on another patient, and I'm thinking, you know. I think I know what this is. This is probably just some inflammation. I think maybe I, I'll just you know I really don't have to go through with this. I, I really don't. It you know it's uncomfortable. And and my mind starts working, and and I start making all these excuses that I I don't really want to go through with this thing, uh, but I did, and they found something, and so. I'm glad I went through it, and now everything is supposed to be okay. But had I not gone through that, had I not let the doctor do what the doctor does, you know what I'm saying? Right. Which is really, really important. Everything is voluntary on my part in regards to taking the original test, uh, going in and drinking the solution, getting to the doctor on time, letting the doctor do his procedure, and trusting the results that the doctor, you know, trusting the whole procedure,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and trusting that. And
2: well, it takes it takes a willing participation.
0: Right, right, and still, it's up. To, you know, we have to trust the doctor, and 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 so this is the point of the. the in other words, the metaphor I'm trying to get to is is that we must tr- trust Jesus, the doc, the, the, the great physician, uh, with our minds. You know, the remedy for our infection and in f- of fear is the truth about our heavenly Father because we, we're, we're infected with fear just like there's there's problems inside our body that you know I don't need to read the medical journal to to be treated right you know what I'm saying right. I don't have to be a doctor to be treated I need to trust the doctor
2: Well and see I think we need to come back to the to the um, statement that you said just a little bit ago and it's about what are we afraid of? Are we, are we afraid of God who's trying to save us, or are we afraid of sin, who is what, which is actually killing us?
0: Yeah. Was I afraid of the doctor and the procedure, or should I not have been afraid of what was causing-
2: What was inside of you th- that yeah, was causing
0: an issue. That needed to be dealt with. Right. And see, it's the same thing with our minds. It's We, we act out with anger, jealousy- and all these other things is all we're all acting out because of, of the infection of fear. Mm-hmm. That's what's got to be remedied,
2: right? And it's only Christ working through us that we're able to to be healed by that you know malignant sin yeah. that we have that all of us have in us.
0: And that's the the perfect love casts out all fear.
2: That's why, and and this is why Jesus, a sower from the higher world, came to sow the seeds of truth. Ever since the fall of man, Christ has been the revealer of truth to the world. By him, the incorruptible seed, the word of God, which liveth and bideth forever, is communicated to men. That's 1 Peter 1.23. Christ sowing the gospel seed, his personal ministry, is where the parable of the sower especially applies. Right.
0: And the word of God is the seed. You know, And every seed has, in itself, a germinating principle in each seed, the life of the plant is encased. So there is life in God's word. Christ says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And it always blows my mind. That's John 6, 60, uh, 6 verse 63. Um, and, and it always blows my mind because out on our property, we have these big, huge digger pines. And how do those digger pines get there?
2: It's from a tiny pine
0: yeah, there's a, Yeah, there's a pine cone that's got a pine nut in it. And somehow that pine nut contains that entire... You know, hundred foot tall digger pine. It just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, what did what did Jesus say to Nicodemus? He said,
2: "You must be born again." Yeah.
0: There's 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 a new creature that we need to give birth to in you. Right. And that and we don't know how that works, but it's amazing. And then something developed, the germinating principle within that seed for that new birth, creates a new creature. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how it works. The Bible says, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. John 5:24. In every command and in every promise the word of, in the word of God is the power, the very life of God. Those who by faith receive the word are receiving the very life and character of God.
2: That's right. Every seed brings forth fruit after its kind. <clears throat> Sow the seed under right conditions and it will develop its own life and the plant. Receive into the soul by faith the incorruptible seed of the word, and it will bring forth a character and a life after the likeness of the character and the life of God.
0: Yeah, do you remember the road to Emmaus? The two disciples said, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us by the way and while he opened to us the scripture in, in Luke 24? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, we don't know what happens when the word hits home, but something definitely does. It's just like when you plant a seed and you watch the miracle happen.
0: And all we've done is stick a seed in the ground, and something springs up. And and, and this is see, the the interesting part about this parable of the sower is, you know, you have you have Jesus, who doesn't change. He's the sower, and you have the seed, which is the word of God, which doesn't change. Mm-hmm. But the sower is not about really the sower. Uh, the The parable of the sower is not really about the sower or the seed. It mainly deals with the effect produced on the growth of the seed by by the soil that it's it, implanted that it's in. It's cast into. Right, right. You know, you know, we got these planter boxes at home, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Grows the best when we prepare the soil right, right. doesn't it? Yep. Wake all the soil up, bust it all up, plant the seeds, water it right, and everything works good. But if everything's, if the soil's got weeds in it, and it's all pressed down hard, and we don't wake it up and liven it up, and allow the seed to germinate and grow properly with the roots,
2: mm-hmm. we, we don't. Or if get, there's not enough soil in the boxes to start off yeah. with, sometimes we lose it maybe out of the bottom or something. Yeah. But, um, you know, everything has to be amended. It's got to it be tended to. It to. has to be prepared. Yeah. So you know, just like the farmer, yeah, has to be prepared. Yeah. So let's look at the soil conditions just like um, Jesus talked about. So we have the wayside, the stony, the thorns, and the good soil. Okay. First, we're going to take a look at the soil by the wayside.
0: Okay, okay. So explaining the, the seed that fell by the wayside, he said, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in the heart. This is this is he which received the seed by the wayside
2: right the seed is sown by the wayside it represents the word of god as it falls upon the heart of an inattentive hearer like the hard beaten path worn down by the feet of men and animals the heart becomes a highway for the world's traffic its (laughs) pleasures and its sin
0: that's good i like that you know absorbed in selfish goals the soul is hardened through the deceitfulness of sin that's Hebrews 3.13. You know, our spiritual faculties can actually become paralyzed. The main problem we have is we don't discern that it applies to us. We don't realize our need nor our danger. And so, you know, we don't take the message seriously. That's right.
2: And just as the birds are ready to catch up the seed from the wayside, so is Satan is ready to catch up the seeds of truth from our heart. Satan's fear is that the Word of God may wake up those that are careless and that the word will have a positive effect upon their hardened heart. Satan is always trying to thwart the work of the Spirit of God.
0: Okay, and so, which is an interesting thing that we're talking about here, because it, you know he makes the metaphor, the parallel, the parable uh, that the birds come and they snatch it away, mm-hmm. just like the devil would come and he will snatch away. So how would he do that? How how does the devil come in and he snatches it away? You know
2: well i don't know is it like the cares of the world no, well i guess that's a, that's what the other parable but it's it's i think the heart is hardened so that the seed may fall but i think because of life's experiences it's not even the ground's not even willing to receive it it's so hard our hearts have become so hard whether it's through tragedy or or pain or you know hurt or whatever it may be that the word of god Yeah, you know, can't can't seem to implant itself into into the human heart.
0: Yeah, and one of my friends, Bill, the other day, we were talking about um, because in the back, Susan and I did a uh, we we kind of in the backyard we poured some concrete, put a little fountain there, and stuff like that. And then beyond that, we were wanting to to maybe not really plant a lawn, but just kind of maybe plant some wildflowers and some you know some some type type of of ground cover, ground cover of some sort, Right. right? And so I told Bill about it. Bill's Bill's a really good friend of ours. He's 85 years old. 86, 85 years 86, old. Eighty six, I think. Eighty-six. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and very wise. And so I I said, Bill, I'm gonna go get some seed and I'm gonna, you know, put in one of those things and I'm gonna put the seed out there. And Bill says, Wait, wait, have have Deborah come and rake it with her tractor, bust it up, and then wait till right before the rain comes, because what's gonna happen if not? is you're going to put all that seed out there and the birds are going to come and they're going to eat it all and you're not going to have anything. And, and so but the weeds. <laughs> yeah, and, and so what he was basically saying was the same thing. right? You just can't squirt the seed all over the place on the hard ground that you're not going to water. So it,
2: isn't that kind of a, um instruction for us who are trying to reach people with God's word is that it takes time and effort and, and concern for people. You don't just go help out... Help prepare that soil. Right, you don't just go out, you know bible thumping people you've got to go out and you've got to live it and you've got to go and you've got to you know reach out to people in a compassionate way
0: yeah and you you see jesus as he came to people basically it was where does it hurt How can I help? Right. Then follow me. And the thing is, and
2: and the principle that love awakens love.
0: That's right. That principle is God's. We can't change that. Right. Love awakens love. Right. Coercion does not uh, uh, awaken love. Coercion awakens rebellion. Right. Or force. Or force. But that's that's Satan's way. Satan wants to force everybody into a box, into his supposed way of thinking, saying, it's okay for you to be selfish. Look out for yourself. Bang, bang, bang. You know, and, and just take care of yourself. And and God is saying, no, watch my son. Mm -hmm. Watch how he treated the woman that was thrown down in adultery. Watch how he treated the woman at the well. Watch how he washed the disciples' feet. Watch the girl that was raised from the dead, how he made sure that she was fed. Mm -hmm. How he fed the 5,000. How he, you know ask the blind man, what is it that you want me to do? Do you want to, do you want to see? And the blind man says, yeah, I want to, I want to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We can help you then. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he was very cordial and he made sure he met everyone's needs. Didn't right. He? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just an amazing man to watch his life and everything. And if we could just see how he prepared the soil, he was constantly preparing soil and then letting the word do, do the work. Right. You know? And, uh, I think uh, that's right. a great. It was
2: through his actions that the soil was prepared.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you said, love awakens love. You know, while Jesus is drawing us by his love, the devil tries to turn us away. He stimulates criticism or insinu- insinuates doubt and unbelief. He has many helpers and the enemy out there. Um, you know, we don't take him seriously, but he can. He can really. He, he's there, and he's he's he incites that criticism, and he he incites all that kind of stuff, and gets us. Gets us off our game, gets us unbalanced, you know. Well, folks, we've got the signal now. It's time for us to go. And I want you to remember one thing. There's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do you love them? Can I feel his pain?
1: Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even in prison by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love Toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you, 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.